Welcome to the Community of Holy Stragglers podcast, a place for messy faith, for people of faith who sometimes struggle with being people of faith. I will tell you that I have struggled with this podcast episode. Over the last couple of days, I have recorded, I think, five or six different uh, attempts at this. Uh, you know, where I recorded the complete podcast and then went, ah, no, this is not it. It's not what I want to do. Not what I want to say. And when I recorded the last one yesterday, I think it was, I was like, okay, I, I'm not going to be the perfectionist. This just has to be good enough. Which was kind of ironic because the podcast was about not being okay. And I got up this morning and was like, no, no, this is, it just... It doesn't ring true enough. And I realized that I needed to do this episode with just what I needed to say. So, uh, the, the new title is, This is Where We Are. I was thinking this morning about a conversation I had with a friend uh, who was also a therapist. Um, I was going through a, a really, really tough time in my life. Um, I was doing some inner work that was really difficult and demanding and hard. And we were talking on the phone one day, and I said, I don't like being in this place. And she said very gently and lovingly, but very firmly, but this is where you are. So what are you going to do now? You know, I think a lot of us are in that situation now. As I'm recording this, it's week whatever of of the pandemic having absolutely um, profound impact on, on everyone. Not a one of us who is not touched in some way by this. And there are a lot of us feeling that I don't want to be in this place. But folks, this is where we are right now. And trust me, May 1st is not going to be some magical day where everything flips and we go back to life as we knew it. And June 1st is probably not going to be that day. And I I can't tell you, and and obviously I'm not an epidemiologist, Um, I work in healthcare, but I don't pretend to know anything medically, but I can, I do suspect that we're just kind of in it for the long haul now, and things may change, and there may be some openings and then some closings again, just depending on on how the virus responds until we have treatments and vaccines and everything else into place. Right now, we're kind of in it for the long haul. I, I was also reminded this morning of the prophet Jeremiah, who Jeremiah kept trying to tell folks, things are not good. The uh, Babylonians are at the door, and if we don't change things, if we don't change what we're doing dramatically, they're going to come in. And he was up against 
a bunch of, of priests attached to the temple, a bunch of priests who kept just reassuring people saying, oh, it's okay, it's okay. God's not going to let anything happen to us because we are God's people. God's going to protect this temple, the house of the Lord. And they they made fun of Jeremiah and they um, spoke out against him. But Jeremiah kept saying, guys, it's not going to be enough. And Jeremiah was right. That same temple was completely destroyed when the Babylonians overran Jerusalem. And people were taken into exile. And the land was destroyed. And Jeremiah said, before this all happened, Jeremiah says, Beware of the people speaking God's word, he said, Beware of the people who have healed the wounds of my people lightly, saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. So I say to you, Beware of the people who treat these times lightly, saying, Oh, it's us. But yeah, just go ahead and have that party. Go ahead, go shopping without a mask. Go ahead, open up your church, which I have to say is an affront to the Lord God. Because we are called to love our neighbors. And it is not loving to expose our neighbors to a deadly virus. So, this is where we are. The question becomes, how do we live in these days? Now, I have to to pause for a moment here and to say, I understand my own privilege in this. I am not, at least for this month, I am not homeless. I have work. Now, like a lot of you folks, my work has been affected, but I have work. And I do not have small children at home. And I do not have bored teenagers at home. And I am greatly blessed that I have in my house a big, goofy, joyful dog who even at 70 pounds loves to be a lap dog. So I realize that there's a lot of joyful presence and physical connection, even with a four-legged physical connection, and that I don't have some of the same challenges that you have. I mean, to be, I I think about folks who are in a small apartment with small children and you can't leave except by elevator, a small elevator. I just, I cannot conceive. And the question comes for all of us. How are we going to live in these days? The question isn't, can I get through this? The question has to be, how will I get through this? And part of the answer is, we have to dig deep. Now, please, this is not a one of those guilt things. Um, in a Facebook group I'm in, with business people, 
someone posted those that sentiment that's been going around of, you know, if through this time you don't have a new vision for your business and you haven't developed a new product and you haven't learned something new, well then, then it was never about not having time. It was about you're just not disciplined enough. No, 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 no. That's even to say that comes from a point, a, a place of extreme privilege. And there is a reality that we all have to make some choices about how we get through this. You know, I think the first few weeks it was just reacting. Um, I know the first week of this uh, social distancing and, and things really beginning to change, man, my brain was so foggy. Um, at, at work at the hospital where I worked part-time as chaplain, there were a lot of times I'd be walking down the hall and thinking, where am I going? What? Why am I going in this direction? What is it that I was planning to do? And a lot of just having to stop and think and try to get my mushy brain in gear. You know, grief brain is a real thing. It, it's like chemo brain. People talk about going through chemo, and one of the effects is your brain just gets mushy, foggy. The same thing happens with grief. And the reality is, is that we are all grieving something right now. You may be grieving the physical loss of people, or you may be grieving the loss of being able to be physically present with people. Uh, we've lost normalcy, and, and there's grief. There is a base layer of grief. And I was talking with some colleagues yesterday about the that fact that both and, that we may recognize, as I do, all of the ways in which we are blessed and privileged in this time, and there's a lot to grieve. So that is a reality. And, and you're going to hear me say and a lot in this podcast, and it is also true that there comes a point at which we have to, we're, we're hunkered down, wonderful phrase, hunkered down, and to start becoming intentional about it. Part of it is recognizing this is a demanding, draining time, and I have to dig deep. And what helps me? What supports me? Um, last night, I think I was in bed by 8 o'clock, certainly 8.30, no later than 9 o'clock. Um, I had not slept much the night before for various reasons, one of which was my joyful dog getting up very early. Um, but I was just tired. And it had been a long week, and I was tired, so, yeah, you got, let's go to bed early, get, get a good night's sleep. Look for those things that refresh you. Um, are, are, are you just done with um, fixing dinner? Well, I, I saw a friend who... Um, piled the whole family in their minivan and went through the drive-thru and then parked in the parking lot and had a picnic in the car. Yeah, do something to, to mix it up. Look for those things that renew you. 
for me, a, a morning devotional time isn't just something that I try to do in the mornings. It is the absolute, um, not, not going to miss. It is the given. It's what I have to have. And it's, it's really interesting for me that scriptures I have read before, I am reading with whole new eyes because I'm in a whole new place. I've been laughing with some folks about how watching movies and TV shows is so different now. I was watching an old episode of, of ER and uh, they everything was shut down because they thought they had a couple of smallpox cases and it turned out to be a different kind of pox. Um, but I watched it and the doctor had this really great mask. It was kind that of, had the, the little uh, inserts on either side for breathing in and out really great mask and when he walked out of the isolation room he just tore it off and threw it down and I was like yelling at the TV no that's a great mask don't throw it away <laughs> so how we read things changes and for me reading scripture is radically different these days and it is something that is radically necessary for me in these days. Um, I have the gift of, of being able to get outside, of having a yard, um, having a patio I can sit on. So experiencing nature, really listening to the birds in the morning, turning off the radio, turning off the podcast or the, the audible book and listening to those birds, taking in how the trees are changing in quite wonderful ways. We have to dig deep right now. This is a demanding time. This is not a time that we can cruise through. So demanding times demand that we look for those things that help us take one more step. And it may be reaching out to that friend and having that conversation on the phone or online through Google Hangouts or Zoom or whatever to just make a connection. Um, and you, you may be saying, well, you know, my spouse is working from home. The kids are at home. There is no space for me. Get up 10 minutes earlier, 15 minutes earlier. Ask yourself, how can I create that bit of space? I have found through the years that changing that question from can I to how can I makes all the difference in the world. Because can I is a binary question. And our brain goes yes or no. It's going to be one or the other. How can I opens up all of these possibilities um, it, look for those things that feed your soul. In my Heart Callings Facebook group, I am starting to post every week. I'm recording a um, Bible study for the Sunday school class that I help teach at my church. Um, normally, we rotate teachers because I enjoy doing video. I, I'm just taking it for the time being. And so every week I do a video study, and I'm going to post that in my Heart Callings group 
so that you folks can enjoy it too. So if you're not already a member, just request and I'll let you in. And that's another another thing. It's, I don't know, usually 20, 30 minutes, sometimes less, sometimes more. But hopefully that can help restore you. Look for those things that bring you joy. Um, there's a lot of, of bad stuff out there. But then we see these, these little moments of light. Like on, on Facebook, some friends of mine posted that they were bringing a teen into their home who needed a place right now. And they needed some help furnishing their the bedroom. And no lie, within like 15, under 20 minutes, enough people had stepped forward. I got a, a, a bed with a new mattress. I got a night table. I got a, a chest. The room was furnished in just that amount of time. And I tell you what, that brings me joy. So be intentional about looking for joy. And if you say it's impossible, I'm going to challenge you on that. I'm going to tell you to read a book um, by a woman named Eddie Hillisum, and it's called An Interrupted Life, and it's her journal and letters. She was a young Jewish woman who wound up, she was keeping a journal, and at first it's all the young adult things about beginning your adult life, what are you going to do, what's going to be your place in the world, who are you going to share your life with. And then as the Nazis came in and took over, her life gets smaller and smaller. And then she eventually winds, winds up in one of the camps where she will die. Um, but she's got this, this amazing passage where she talks about walking along behind the fence, walking along the fence at night and looking up at the stars and feeling the joy, feeling her heart really touched by joy because the night sky is so absolutely beautiful. So I say to you, if Eddie Hillisum in a Nazi concentration camp can look up and find some moment of joy, then we gotta at least try. Look for those things that feed you instead of watching yet one more TV show or movie. Read a book. You know, you can, um, if you have a library card, you can download books for free. Um, if you don't have a library card, somebody told me they were able to get theirs online, so check into it. Um, Audible is making a number of books, uh, uh, I started to say books on tape, but downloadable audiobooks, that's the word I was looking for audiobooks available for free. Now, I looked at their selection, and I got to tell you, the adult selection was really not so good. It was a lot of classics, but things like The Plague, I mean, there's books by Kafka and Les Miserables, and really dark, not joyful books. So I would stay away from the adult section, and 
you know, I looked through it and it's like, God, there's some of these children's books. Either I didn't read at the time or I'd really like to hear again. And they have Winnie the Pooh. And so I think a perfect, a perfect voice for this time is Winnie the Pooh. So listen to that. Or, you know, if the rest of your family wants to, to watch the movie, put in some earbuds if it distracts you and, and let yourself listen to some beautiful music as you read a book. My point is, is that we have to be intentional. We don't have somebody else creating a schedule for us. And we don't have somebody else offering these things for us. So we have to be intentional about going out and getting it for ourselves. In the Monday Morning Manna email that I sent out last week, I talked about this, about Easter. We can't just show up. We, we have to go looking for it. And if it sounds like, oh, this is just one more thing I got to do, I'm sorry. But it is. We have to make choices because we have to dig deep because this is where we are. One of the things you can do is begin looking ahead as we come out of this, whenever that happens to be, what do you want your life to look like? What do you want your life to be? If you're a part of a family that's bigger than just you, start talking about it. If you have a spouse or a partner, start talking with them about, on the other side of this, what do we want to do? What, what have we learned from this? What do we want to hold on to? I've had many people tell me of how refreshing it's been to have family meals. So how do you want to incorporate that into your life? Um, what do you want to do about your schedule? Do you want to go back and sign up for everything again? Or do you want to start making some choices? Talk with your children. What's good for them right now? What's fun for them right now? What do you want to keep holding on to? Um, in, in, in therapy, we, talk, we will talk about future pacing, which is helping clients or, or workshop participants look beyond where they are in this moment and to start inviting them to start putting themselves into that future moment. So start future pacing. This is part of the intentionality. My hope in this is that, you know, we're all going to be relieved when stuff starts shifting to, to more openness and a little, even a little bit more freedom. But let's not run willy-nilly. Let's start asking or, or letting our lives ask the question of us of what is important, what matters, what do we want to include, and what is it time to let go of? Maybe we want to do some things differently. Um, as part of digging deep, you may want to incorporate... Um, guided imageries or there are, are wonderful hypnosis apps 
that can help with the relaxation. If your brain will not stop, if you are really struggling with fear, there are some wonderful hypnosis apps that really work on how our brains work. Um, I have um, on my counseling website, hamescounseling.com, on the front page, the, the home page of that site, I've put together a list of resources. I've done some videos about some tools that I share with my clients that to, to help process things, <clears throat> excuse me, to help get through difficult times. I've also put together some great resources, whether they're hypnosis apps or, or guided imageries, um, people whose work I know and trust and use myself that can help with sustaining you in this time. I, I've started the practice of going to sleep, listening to a guided imagery every night. And it's interesting because I've got a, a Garmin watch, one of those watches that um, tracks, among other things, heart rate. And I have watched my resting heart rate go down pretty significantly. Yeah, there, there are other changes I've made that affect that. But it really goes down as I sleep. Um, and I know in part it is because I've got that guided imagery that is helping me slow down. So look for those resources. And there are things that don't take a whole lot of time but can make a really big difference. Folks, this is where we are. We're not going to wake up tomorrow and everything's going to be all different in good ways. So our question is, our challenge is what we make of it, how we get through it, and how we dig deep in our own journeys, our own experience of spirit and faith and connection how we reach out for resources, how we lean on each other, and how we lean on God, even if sometimes that leaning looks like lamentation and question, questions and questioning and sharing with God our frustrations. It's, it's all part of the package. So thanks for joining me today. You can find other resources at heartcallings.com. And I'll look forward to seeing you again. Take care. <laughs>